everybody. This is Terror and Tacos. This is Christy. I'm Michael. And this is the second part of our Hunting of Hill House um, episode. Yes. And we just kind of took we, a break we took from a the break. last one. So, and we're, so there's no new tacos. There's no new tacos. We ate Taco Casa. We did it. It was, it was delicious. It was delicious. Go get it. Go to Taco Casa. Um, so amazing. Uh, yeah, so we left off... Uh, after episode uh, five, episode five, the bent neck lady. When we have have been, we have gotten every child's each child's right. backstory right. by the end of five. Was there anything else about bent neck lady that you wanted to talk about? Um, I mean, I just the idea that you would be the thing that haunts your I, there's there's something so sad and just, kind of like, powerful about so, that to I know me. I ha, like I have a question for you and and this is um just because I know that you're like a huge fan of science fiction and you are a huge fan primarily of like time, time travel, travel stuff yeah I do like you time know? travel and this I, this <laughs> idea that that you're the thing that haunts yourself mm-hmm. um does play with time a little yeah. bit, does it? And it plays with the idea that everything exists at the yeah. same time. Yeah, and I think because like a lot of times when you when you deal with time travel, when you sort of get into things like that, you're like, well, but how is this possible? Because if she hadn't done this, then this never would have happened. And I think for something like Haunting of Hill House... Which is also talking about like dimension. Dimension, yeah. You know? Because, um, because one of you is dead. One of you is dead, yeah. And we'll see like when Nell gets to the house that... that She's she's dancing with her dead husband in in like everything's lit and beautiful and what we're seeing is the dilapidated decrepit right. thing. So we definitely do have sort of these two worlds existing next to each other. But I think yeah, for like at least with time. So if you're not dealing with, but how did it? If she's not even old, how can she? It's the the idea that that the past the present and the future are not separate things that they exist simultaneously Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so that Nell when Nell is little and Nell is grown at the same time yeah um uh, it, so that she is able to to haunt herself, and I think that's the power. I would say the power of the house, um, in that all of these times and realities can play at together, mm-hmm. um, interact. I think it might go beyond that though, because she sees the bent neck lady outside of right. the house. Um, right, but she didn't see the bent neck lady before they came to the house. Correct. So it ha- the, the yes. house has the something house has to do power. with it. I do think that. The house has power. The red room itself, you want to talk about dimensions or whatever. Right. The red room, we learn... They've been. They can. So there's this recurring thing. They can never get into the red room. Right, they and can, we, we're introduced. Was it the first first episode? episode? Yeah, where Shirley and Nell are, are trying, trying to get, get in. into this. So and Nell has that. Maybe there's a cotton candy maybe, machine. Maybe there's a pony <laughs> in there. There's a pony. Like, there's a pony in there. It's, it's probably dead. dead. Fucking yeah, so Shirley. In the house, there's <laughs> always the realist. Uh, in the house, there's like two wings. You walk into the house and you go upstairs and and and. 
to one side is all the bedrooms and to the other side is just like this long hallway of I guess other bedrooms but then there's like another hallway that kind of like hangs a right super quickly mm -hmm. and at the end of that hallway is a red, red door, door that they can never they get can open they can never get open they even get a master key and mm -hmm. it won't unlock it won't it. work and Mr. Dudley the, the groundskeeper's like oh I don't, I don't know about it. Yeah, I don't have a key and then we find out later they've all been in the red room they've all been in, and the red room has been to each of them what, what they, they needed, needed to be in it's that some moment. Bizarre version of the like Harry Potter room of requirement. Um, yeah. like it becomes a dance but studio. An evil one. Yeah, a dance studio for Theo. A sitting room. A, um, a, a, a game, game room. room um, a tree house, tree house for Luke. Yeah, which is kind of amazing when you realize the tree house thing when when they reveal that they're like. You think Dad built him a fucking treehouse? We were only gonna be there for eight for yeah eight, eight weeks. weeks. Why would he have done that? Yeah, and Luke's like, nah, there was, a, and he's like, no, that was the fucking room. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think it's it's this this idea of time wise, at least in the house, or once you've been in the house, that everything everything that has happened and everything that will happen are happening at the same time. It's like Battlestar Galactica. It's like Battlestar, yeah, and and it's also like, I, to me, the, the example that I always use is, and most people I think probably have still read this because of high school, I don't know, is Slaughterhouse-Five by Kurt Vonnegut. And like time, time in, in that novel by Vonnegut is very much like these things all happen at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, it's like that when you, you know, I've heard people say, I am every age I've ever been. I am every age I've ever been. The moment I'm born to the moment I die, it, it, it is the same. It's all mm -hmm. together. And the idea that when you deal with like causality, that not only can the past affect the future or the present affect the future, then the future can actually affect the past and the present. And so it's, you know, in like what time is a flat circle or whatever they say in True Detective season one, but it's the, you don't, chronology doesn't matter. Something that I don't know has happened in the future can be affecting what I'm doing right now. I mean, it is, it is like a fake construct time yeah yeah man i mean it's like there are still tribes yes that in in deep jungles yeah. or remote places that do were, not treat like, time like, like we time? do what are you talking about yeah like i don't know what you mean by tomorrow right right and and you know it's it's one of my favorite things because it storytelling wise allows you to get away I mean I'll say it like it allows you to get away with some mm -hmm. really cool shit um, and for this it's it's the idea that she's been the thing that's haunted her her whole life and it actually I think I said in, in the last episode I know I did because it was two minutes ago um, <laughs> I think you know Nell has to die she has to be there she, yeah. she ends up saving the family in in real life in in or our current life when they're grown and she also i think saves the the dead mother who has been in this house alone forever right she goes back to her and then with the little girl olivia right. the, the olivia's a, or sorry what's the little girl's name uh, Nell. No, the Abigail. Abigail. So Olivia is the mom. So with Olivia and Nell and Abigail as ghosts if we want to call them that olivia gets to have a family again right um and then when hugh dies later in at the end right he, they're together they're together and right. so nell 
dying in Hill House is what brings everyone back to Hill House. It's what heals their wounds in the current reality. Mm-hmm. And it's also what heals the wounds of the past. Of the past. And so yeah, the, I think I yeah, I the think the Bendick right. lady has to haunt her. Yeah. And it's heartbreaking. But but you know, it's also it's evidenced by when when they are at the funeral home and Hugh, the dad, starts telling the, the Santa letters to Santa uh-huh. story, and he makes mention. He says she never asked for anything for herself. She only oh asked for things for you. And to me, like to me, that was kind of like she knew. Yeah, she knew and all along that she. What, she didn't need those things. What her role was. And, mm-hmm. and he says, and then later in life, when she was older, when she would call, she would only talk about you guys, like what was going on yeah. with y'all. And that was her purpose. Yeah. She never talked about what she was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, we do see like that Nell has had her own, obviously, I mean, her husband dies and it's, it's she's a wreck. But I do want to bring this up right. before we go it. She's dealing with it. She goes to see a therapist, a psychiatrist, because she's getting medicine, right? They're right. the ones who can give you medicine. Yeah. Who plays the psychiatrist? Russ Tamblin. Russ Tamblin. I was so happy Me to too. see that. Was, I was so happy to see It was so great because he he's in the original, original. And he plays kind of like, in the original movie, he plays kind of like the... Uh, I don't know the 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 bad guy, not yeah. bad guy, but, but like, you know, kind of yeah. like wild card. Yeah, you know? I mean, and Russ Tamlin, for those who don't know, is he's fucking Doctor Jacoby in Twin Peaks. Right. So that's like right. an added the fact that he's playing a shrink. Sorry, right. I know that's not a nice word, but it's like then also like a beautiful sort of nod to Twin Peaks. Um, Where he also plays the yeah. shrink. Um, yeah. Russ Hamlin is also riff in fucking West Side right, Story. That's what I was about to say. It's like he's like his career is so strange because he was riff in West Side Story. Mm-hmm. He also plays the youngest brother in Seven Brides for yeah. Seven Brothers. Musical theater star. Mus- he was a musical theater star, an incredible gymnast. Uh-huh. Incredible gymnast. He it, he plays the young protagonist in Peyton Place. Uh-huh. Um, so he's had That's an amazing a varied career. career. And now he is, in real life, is Amber Tamblin's father. Uh-huh. And for those of you who are fans of the comedian David Cross, David Cross's father-in-law. Yeah. Like, it's just such a weird... And, and I love seeing and I love him. him. And he's yeah. in Twin Peaks, The Return. I don't want to go off, but he's one of my favorite things in Twin Peaks, The oh, Return. Yeah. Because he is... I mean, I think the man's in his 80s now. Yeah. And still is just killing it. It was such a comfort. Like, yeah. it was comforting to see mm-hmm. him in Twin Peaks, The Return. I saw someone, because I follow him on the Twitter, uh-huh. and someone was like, oh my God, your um, your cameo is amazing. You need to cameo uh, in everything. I wish you would cameo and in everything. he responded, everything can't afford me. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Um, all right. Sassy so old man. Episode six... To, is probably maybe my favorite. I think yeah. it's probably my favorite episode. It's my favorite episode too, and and I think it it's been hailed like across TV dumb as one of like the best episodes of TV ever, and um, I know that's like a that's a huge thing to say, but, I, but I'm I, not going to argue against. I'm that. I'm not going to argue against you, that. I mean, you, it's great. You texted me I think while you were watching it because we were pretty close, uh-huh. like episode wise. And you said it's it's written and shot like I like I'm, I feel like I'm watching a play, 
And I was like, yeah, yeah a really good fucking play. Uh, like the best play you've ever seen. Yeah, because um, so much of it is in one room. Right. Um, the, it's, and it's Nell's funeral. It's Nell's funeral. And so it's it's all, the, it's the family, what's left of the family, mm-hmm. the father and the four children, uh, finally being together all of them together in the the same same room and so you know this is where shit is going to go down and truth is going to come out and Hugh older Hugh Timothy Hutton Uh regularly sees and converses with With his wife his his dead wife yeah so she in some Uh form we learn later it's just sort of his own construct of her but in some form the mother is there too right and and this is this is something that Stephen in particular uh, resents of his father. Like Stephen knows that that Hugh is constantly talking to the dead mother, mm-hmm. and um, none of them believe that she's there. Right, and they I don't, just think he's crazy. Yeah, and Stephen is not convinced. I don't think that his father didn't kill his mother. Right. Um, I think there is there is a part of Stephen that, that thinks his dad. Murdered, murdered her. her. Yeah. yeah. Or was at least complicit in her death. Right. The, the other thing about this episode is that, so they're in the funeral home. We learn a lot and, and, and uh, uh, story-wise, but just the way it's shot, even if, if, if you are a young filmmaker or an old filmmaker or just somebody who loves film, go watch, and you're not interested in the rest of the story. Right. Go watch this episode because the way it's shot... I, I, I still, like, yeah. I know I keep talking about it. It's so beautiful. Like, some of these, like, one-take shots yeah. are incredible. And the ones that are not one-take look like one-takes. One take. But there's one in particular that I really, really love. And it's the one where the dad is so overwhelmed by seeing Nell in the know, casket. Yeah. And then he says, I have to go to the bathroom. And so they point out the bath, And he walks down the hallway of the, of the funeral home. Mm-hmm. And as he walks into the bathroom, it flawlessly, seamlessly turns into the 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 old house. Yeah, it turns, he, he into, turns into Hill House. It turns it's, into Hill it's, House. I mean, it's so be- it's fucking beautifully done. This was also the moment I think he's. I mean, he's when I was like, oh fuck yeah, there's a reason Timothy Hutton won an Academy Award yeah. back in the day. Yeah, he's so good. He's so good, and and it's it's so wonderful, you know. In 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 because young young Hugh is Henry Thomas, who again is Elliot. Yeah, like for our generation, I'm sure he doesn't us. want to hear that. But yeah, but, yeah, for yeah, us, I mean, he's for us, he'll always yeah. be Elliot. You know. And so there's that kind of like energy that mm-hmm. surrounds him. And for Timothy Hutton, at least for me, I'm older than you are, but at least for me, Timothy Hutton, his introduction into movies, he played the lead in Taps. Yeah, oh, I, that's how I remember him yeah. too. And so there's something oddly brokenly connected yeah. about these two things to me. Yeah, I saw Taps way too young. Yeah. My parents took me and regretted it immediately. Right. Um, but yeah, and it works. I mean, and then if you go later, I mean, he's the guy, you know, from Ordinary People and everything. Yeah. He's so, he's great. Um, and yeah, it's it's one of the most, it's simple, it's beautiful. I shouldn't, I know it's not simple to make the way they did no, it. No, but, but it's, 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 his performance is deceptively simple yeah. like he is one of those actors that on screen is doing nothing yeah and he's doing or or to you to you it looks it like seems he's, doing, like he's nothing. doing nothing and and you know the idea of a character talking to a dead character or whatever seeing a dead can 
can turn bad. It you can know? turn bad real and quick. And he, he, he it's, plays it's it seamless. as though Carla Gugino is in the room is with him. Is in the room with him. Yeah. Yeah. And and is in the room with everyone. Right. And, and, and it's, it's, fan, it's, it's fantastic. It's like impo- important to say that in those moments, you don't hear what Carla Gugino is saying to him in his head. Right. He's, he's just answering. Whatever he just heard. But when you hear it, you know that Carla Gugino is in the room with him. Yeah. You. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. It's like, there's never a question of like, what is he doing? Right. It's always like, oh, she's there. Yeah. She just said something and and you know know what she said. what she said. Uh, Um, Fantastic. It's it's really great. Yeah, this is a a great, great episode. So some of the things that we learn in this episode um, that are very, very important, so we have to go all the way back to episode one, is that... So Stephen, the older brother, becomes like this famous novelist because he writes Haunting of Hill House, right? Yes. And he makes a shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. And he has come to the family prior to this episode and said, hey, I'm writing this book. I received a lot of money. It's going to make a lot of money. I want to share it with uh-huh. you. Because even though he's estranged a little bit and even though he doesn't want to admit it, he's still the big brother that wants to take yeah. care of his siblings. Yeah, and he's using their story he's using their to make stories. a lot of money. Right, and he says, I want to take care of you. So mm-hmm. I want it. And Shirley, who we already talked about, who's angry uh-huh. she's like fuck you yeah. we're not gonna take your blood money you make dad look crazy you yeah. make mom look crazy and Steven's like mom wasn't mom crazy was, yeah like what like, the fuck um, and so Shirley has decided for the rest of the family that they're not taking Steven's right, money because that's what Shirley does because that's what Shirley does and then we learn in episode 5 that they all took they all took the they money all, we, and we learn it first with Theo yeah and you know, Theo says, and that even Shirley's husband, right, knows, Kevin, obviously. Yeah, but so what happens is that Theo's drunk at 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 in this episode. Mm-hmm. She keeps drinking, she keeps drinking, and she's wearing her gloves. And at one point, she falls down, and they go to pick her up, and she says, "Don't fucking touch me. I have enough grief of my own. I, I don't, don't need, need yours. your grief." Yeah. And Shirley says, uh, "Whatever that means." Right. Which, you know, we've learned that Shirley has always kind of been in denial about right. Theo's ability. Mm-hmm. And Theo is like, you know what, bitch? Yeah. Yeah, and basically knocks Shirley off her high horse. Yeah. And says, I took the money. And I finished. I, fin- I got my doctorate. I got my doctorate. Mm-hmm. I started my career. Yeah. And you know why? Because it's good money. Mm-hmm. You know? And, God, and then, fuck, yeah. even as an offshoot, I know I'm jumping, like, we learn that Theo uses her power, truly her power, right, and her position as a child therapist to help kids who are being, who are being abused. abused. Because yeah. she can she can go to these houses. We learn in her episode, yeah. Touch, that... She, like, oh, you're... you're as a, a foster parent or whatever, you're abusing this kid, and she'll right. call the cops. And she'll call the cops. Yeah. And she she knows that because she can touch them, right. or or whatever. It's not just that she's I mean, she's also probably a great psychologist right. or whatever. And that also makes her a great. She can right empath, empathize with the the children or whatever. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So so we learned that, and then in the middle of this fight where Shirley is like, "Get out of my house." Yeah. 
been lying to me the whole time and making fun of me and blah 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 the the husband kevin is like shirley calm down calm down and then he says we also, we also took, took the money, money. she's like what are you talking about and he's like you give people funerals for, for free. free yeah we have how are, how are we, we going to survive yeah so then the lights go out Luke is losing it yeah. because his twin sister's dead. His twin sister's dead, man. So the lights go out. There's a storm. It begins to hail just like, like it was in the, with in, the past. In, in the past. Yeah. And so they all go off looking for trying to figure out how to turn the lights back on. Uh-huh. And in the past, we have a storm mm-hmm. um, that we find out is completely localized. Right. Only over the house. Only over the house. Um and, and it's the storm where they lose Nell. Nell disappears. Yeah. And uh, they start, you know, they sp- kind of split up. And this is an insane storm. Like, mm-hmm. hail is shattering glass. The chandelier falls. Yeah. And they can't find Nell, and they can't find Nell. And then at the end... Sh- at the end of the, the then, when they do find Nell, mm-hmm. Nell says... I was here the, the whole time. time. I was screaming and he didn't see and me. And it's weird because, so tell me what you think, because in that moment when they realize that Nell has disappeared in the past, mm-hmm. Theo is holding her hand, but Theo's wearing her gloves. Right. And suddenly Theo's like, oh shit, she's, she's not gone. here. I was holding her hand, I promise. And the mom's like, I believe you, I believe you. And then uh, that scene, well, like that, that storm wraps up uh-huh. and it turns out that Nell ha- was standing there the, the whole, whole time. time. Yeah. So did she disappear? Like, I don't. Uh, I don't know. Was it like a little pocket of? I. You know, there's part of me that's like trying to f- if if she's she's gone in the past, right? Mm-hmm. But in the present, it's at the mo- like moment where the bent neck lady appears right. in. The future. In the future. So I was in my mind. I was like, "Is little Nell when the bent neck lady is Appears in the future? The future little Nell disappears, disappears from the past." Oh my god! I don't know. That was what I thought. That makes total sense. Um, I, but I'll, I love the way this guy Mike Flanagan works. Yeah, with I just want to hang out with this dude. Yeah, he does it in. I mean, he in, does it in Oculus. You see, you see. I mean, it's not to this scale, but we talked about it. But we it's talked like about he's Oculus. Practicing. Yeah. He, like Oculus was his workshop and you see like what he's able to do with time he does it beautifully in Oculus yeah. um, either way it, it goes back both storms go back to this idea you said of like the baby um, feeling invisible and that last shot when the little girl when little Nell is like I was here and she's freaking out and why couldn't you see me and I was yelling and then in future world <laughs> you see the bent neck lady just trying to get their attention. Right. No one sees it's, and, it's, and and bent neck lady tries to get their attention in lots of ways and you come to realize turning the lights on and off mm-hmm. is one of them. Everything that's been happening in the funeral home that is freaky, her is she is making it happen because she wants them to come together. Yeah. She to wants stop them fighting. to stop fighting and to just be a family again. Yeah. Even to the extent of like after the big blow up between Theo and Shirley and Shirley walks into the viewing room and and Nell's body has buttons yeah. on on her eyes. Right. And Shirley loses it because she's like, does some you who, know, would, who would fucking do this? Little Nell collects buttons. Yes. Yeah. And uh, 
Yeah, the other thing we find out, the other thing that happens in, in this scene is that Shirley, we're led to believe in a moment that Shirley's husband and Theo are having an affair affair. but they're totally not not. they're totally not not. it's just like a thing that happens right um but but it causes huge strife in 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 Shirley's family and it introduces the idea and we can talk about this this might be the one subplot that I wasn't fully on board with was it introduces the thing that'll pay off that Shirley herself had an affair yeah. Um, that that because oh yeah, cause she starts seeing the guy, we start see, and we see the guy the first episode. Yeah, we see him. So yeah. he's been there the whole time. Yeah, I don't know. I need to go back. Well, I, need to, I think you know, I, I agree with that with you to some extent. But you know, these all of these people are affected by like ghosts from the past, right? And yeah, and Shirley, who is kind of like the one that. She's so self-righteous. Right. She's so self-righteous, and she judges everybody, so, and, and she's like, I'm not going to take this like, me, and this is the way this should be done, and this is the right way to do right. things, and blah, blah, blah. And yet she herself has a thing in the past. That she has hidden. That she has hidden from her Right, husband. and a huge thing. A huge thing. Yeah, and so, like, yeah, it's true. So she's like kind of, it's the, her, the hypocrisy of Shirley, really. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that makes sense. Um we also I, learned that that Stephen and his wife Lee are separated. Oh fuck, man! Yeah, for good reason. Yeah, for good reason. He, he I mean, they wanted—they've been trying to have a kid and trying to have a kid, and he never fucking told her that he had a vasectomy. That he vasectomy because he didn't want to pass on the like family psychosis. Because he thought they were all crazy. Yeah, and didn't tell his wife, dude. Yeah. That's come on. That's now. unforgivable, y'all. If you've had a vasectomy, tell your tell spouse. you tell your spouse. Tell your come wife. on, yeah. After six, we start moving towards the inevitable. Right. Everyone is going to go back to the house. Right. It takes a while to get there. Yeah, but before because episode six is so big and so huge, we have to take like a little diverging mm-hmm. path, though. So episode seven is called The Eulogy, and this one focuses on the Dudleys. Yeah. And the Dudleys are the caretakers yes. of, of the, Hill House. Of the house. And have been there for... A long time. A long, they long know time. the history. Right. Um, they they know the ghosts, you right. know. And so much so that it's kinda like every time they get asked a question about the red room, they're like, Oh, we don't know anything. Yeah, we don't know anything about that. And they also don't stay there. They refuse to they stay, refuse after, to dark. stay after, dark. after dark. After dark. After <laughs> dark. We are not on the premises. Uh, we learned that the Dudleys had um, a baby mm-hmm. who died who died in the house. Yes. Um and that they have another... And they have another babe. They had another baby at, who turns out to be Abigail. Yeah, which is crazy. And they say they, like, they homeschool her. They're very religious. They're like, that's religious. something we know about this, especially Mrs. Dudley, mm-hmm. who is Annabeth Gish. They tried to hide Annabeth, Gish hot, Annabeth Gish's hotness. They could not They do could it. not. Um, she's very religious, yeah. right? But they sort of they homeschool Abigail. They don't. It doesn't seem like they really let her out. Yeah, but they don't really say like they don't really say her name. Yeah. So we we get the big reveal at, at later. The end. Yeah. yeah. Um. That that that, the, that she's real. She's real. Um. She sneaks out of the house and mm-hmm. hangs out with, with Luke because yeah. he's a little boy. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Uh, so we yeah we get the Dudleys, but we learn a lot about the history of the house. Right. Uh, which also then sets us up for episode. Eight. Yeah. 
Wait, episode eight is witness marks, and I'm not because we don't we don't get introduced to the creepy flapper, the screaming Mimi. Yeah, until, until screaming Mimi, which until is nine. nine. So, uh, do you remember episode so eight? eight uh, <laughs> maybe this is the argument where people are like, it should have been less episodes. Uh, no, no, I don't actually remember. Wait, this is the one where we learned that Stephen had a vasectomy. Yes, sorry. Yeah. I jumped ahead. That's yeah, my yeah, fault. Yeah. I ruined it. No, not no, Mike Flanagan. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's So, yeah, that's where we get... We understand what's sort of happening in their marriage. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is really f- fucked up. See, and to me, to me, that storyline is more extra than the Yeah, I think... Actually, affair. you're right. And, I mean, I do think part of it is... This idea that Stephen, true, like his answer to this is my family's crazy. crazy and I, I don't want to pass it yeah. on. He's keeping a huge secret, um, and you know if 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 it's all about sort of coming, solving, fixing things in the end, that is part of it. You know, he gets mm-hmm. to sort of start over with his wife at the end. But yeah, um, I do think those scenes in the hospital where he's like looking and there's just like these shadows like that's creepy as fuck yeah um that's what i mean about this whole series it's like the he he you can sit there and watch it and go like that that he uses every trope yeah every trope and between the dudley's episode and then so seven and eight we also start to feel like the idea that this house is going to be repaired in the past Mm -hmm. is seeming less and less possible. Right. Because there's mold, right? Oh, yeah, we get the mold Henry Thomas thinks there's rats. Like, it's shit is falling apart. Right. And... They were only supposed to be there eight weeks. And it's not not going to happen. And he's sinking all of their money into it. Mm -hmm. They're having to hire contractors. Um, You also start to see in the past that Olivia, who suffers from migraines, and we know that from episode one, right? right? Or episode one or two. Yeah, episode one or two. It's getting worse. Yeah. Like something is something is wrong with Olivia. Right. right. Um, which is all sort of leading to we're finally gonna find out right. what happened on that night. Right. And the thing is is that so when we get introduced <clears throat> to the creepy fat flapper lady mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> is that the the family that lived there during the twenty something was very wrong uh-huh. with the family um, and when we go to that family we do find out that there was mental illness yes and that one of the sons did marry this woman who he met he met in an institution in an institution I shouldn't laugh but I'm laughing yeah but it's it, you know it's not gonna go it, does, it doesn't not, go well it doesn't, doesn't go, go well. well it doesn't go well and she she did she does kill her children yes. Right? Um, and and is trying mm-hmm. to get Olivia, Olivia to, do, to, the to same, do the same, which is which is it's it's like a shining moment. Yeah, it's a shining moment, but less evil. <laughs> because yeah. like the whole thing with Olivia is that, and this is they they really get the motherhood thing so right. And I told I think I mentioned yeah, this to you. Yeah. It's like not only like the youngest child, which that's what I can relate to, but the whole mother thing of like wanting to protect your children, children. wanting to protect your children at any cost. If I don't, if nothing happens to my children, then nothing happens that's to right. my children. Right. Right. But then the the other side of that is that nothing can ever happen to your children. Right. 
you know and she feels as though it's too late with with Stephen and Shirley because they're older right she even is like Theo is her own fucking thing right but I can save I can, the twins. I, I can, can protect, protect the, the babies. I can protect the babies. Uh-huh. And I'm going to protect the babies by by ending their life. Yeah, which she thinks is waking is them waking, up. Is waking which them goes up. back to the, the dual monologue that the, right. the little twins have. That they're basically... It's a dream that Olivia right. is having. And in the dream, the twins are telling them everything horrible that's going to happen in their lives. Right. Like, little Luke is like, what if I get so sick that I put a needle in my arm and the needle is, like, turns my blood black or, like, all this sort of horrible heroin shit. And then uh, little Nell is telling her about all of the horrible things and they're like, if we were having that kind of nightmare, would you wake us up? And And she's like, of course course I I would wake you up. And so this waking up to Olivia in reality is killing these it's killing them these it's like releasing them from, from the burden of the future from the burden of the future from yeah. the burden of the heartbreak of life of life you yeah. know and and as a mother you wish you can like you really do like right. there are so many things that your children go through that you wish they never had like, to go through I will take it on myself mm-hmm. give it to me and I don't because I, I don't want my kids to go through that but the truth is is that in order to be a whole human, you have to go. You have that. to go through those things. And and I mean, again, it comes back to this sort of like when all of this is happening, she meets the crazy flapper lady and all of this, and then the brilliance of all Nell ever wanted was to have a, a tea party, right? And so she wakes Nell up and Luke late at night, and they're like, "What's up? This is fucking weird." Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, "We're gonna have a tea party." And they have this tea party in the red room. Right. And what, what what she doesn't know is that Abigail is spending the night. Yes. Abigail is spending... And he has... That's... Yeah, it's so amazing because Luke has said, can Abigail stay over? They all think Abigail is an, is imagine, an imaginary friend. They're like, sure, So man. they're like, sure, Abigail yeah, can actually, stay over. Yeah, of course, dude. But then Abigail actually yeah, stays over. Yeah, she has sneaked out of her parents' house, run through the woods. Uh-huh. Because it seems like they're not cruel to Abigail, but they don't let but her she, do just, anything. she doesn't have friends. Yeah. She doesn't have friends. Yeah. So in a way, in a way, there's a parallel between Mrs. Dudley mm-hmm. and Olivia in that Mrs. Dudley like, Because Mrs. Dudley lost a child. Yeah, and, and it's like I'm trying to protect my yeah. kid. And it it speaks very much to the danger of 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 giving into that as a mother. As a mother. Of not letting go of your, your children. Kid. You know? And this is this is the fateful night. Right. She has poisoned She's the tea. She's strychnine. Yeah. Because he's bought rat poison. Because he thought rats were, were in rats the, were in in the, the walls. Yeah, in the basement. Um, he's fucked up his hand on that Ooh, industrial on the, on, fan. On, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, and the, in the, the tea party, Ab- Abigail drinks and Abigail dies. Yeah. The little girl dies. Yeah. S- Hugh s- sees this. Yeah. And rightfully freaks the fuck out. Right, he's able to 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 open the door. Yeah, it's important to say that all of this is also ha- we're also seeing it happen parallel. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're blending time again. Yeah, because what happens is that after the funeral, uh, Luke disappears again. Uh huh. And they assume he's gone. He's going to go get fucking heroin or he's going to go do... He's going to kill him. They actually are really afraid he's going to kill himself. Right. And Luke 
decides I'm gonna burn the I'm fucking, burn house, the fucking down. house down yeah. because the house is responsible for all of this. Mm-hmm. And so he's left and he's gone back to the house. Yeah. And so the dad tells Stephen, "Come with me to the house. Don't tell, tell your sisters yeah. because again, everybody's trying to protect, protect each everybody. other." And then the girl, the sisters are like Theo and 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 Shirley, Shirley figure it out, and that's like again they're driving, they're fucking arguing, and Nell oh, appears out of nowhere that moment and just screams stops and stops the car. That the the eight foot old man with the cane to me right. is, is the scariest moment. Um, but that is that the best jump in. scare. That is the best jump scare. Uh, and again, it, I think Aspen it, threw a yeah, drink. Like it, she was so freaked out. It's so beautiful because it comes in so many movies. You know, like what was the stupid movie that we saw that had so many stupid the nun, oh, right? God. That had all these jump scares that were not jump scares because we didn't care, <laughs> right? But this jump scare comes from a place of like real stakes yeah it comes from a place of 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 true storytelling yeah. and a, a relationship between these sisters. sisters and beyond the grave nell is still, still trying, trying to make this a family f- stop fighting yeah that's it that's all it is yeah and, and it happens like a jump scare. Yeah, I mean, and and truly a jump scare because oh you're, my God. you're not remotely prepared for it. Oh, you're not it. prepared for it at all. Like, I actually thought, I was like, oh, fuck, she's going to wreck the car because they're fighting. Like, I thought maybe right. that would happen. I did not think this was going to fucking happen. Uh, and so all of this, like, they're all, like, sort of marching towards Hill House. Luke is there. He's going to burn it down. But fire does nothing right. to this fucking house. Right, right, So what? So <laughs> this is happening at the same time that we're watching the tea the, party. The, 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 the fateful night. yeah. Hugh is able to get young Hugh, Henry Thomas, our boy. Um, he's able to get through uh, and save. It's too late for uh-huh. Olivia, uh, for Abigail. Abigail, but he gets the kids out of there. We've seen this in various forms in, in multiple episodes. Yeah. Gets out. He obviously leaves them behind. Um, and then she... She she goes nuts. Yeah, because it's and it's that wonderful because of the the, the flapper, right? Yeah, because of the crazy flapper, Uh crazy flapper lady. But we see a part of that scene in the very first episode, in the moment where Hugh tells Stephen, "I'm going to carry you out." Close your eyes. Close your eyes. eyes. Keep your eyes closed. Keep your eyes closed. No matter what you see, Mm -hmm. no matter what you hear. Keep, Keep your, your eyes, eyes closed. closed, but he doesn't, right? Because he's a kid, sure. And as they're turning corners or whatever, he opens his eyes briefly and he sees the image of his mother uh-huh. chasing them down the, the hall. hall. Yeah, and it's terrifying. It is terrifying. Um, and uh, and so that's how in in the and then when we get to that episode, we learn like, oh, this is what was happening. Yeah. With the crazy fight, and she ends up falling yes. right to her death. Right, and so in the first episode, when you see this moment, you think that is a crazy ghost chasing yes. them. Uh huh. But in reality, it's, it's, it's not. It's Olivia. It's Olivia, and she's actually like, "Come back, come back, come back." Uh huh. But she's too far it's gone. It's too yeah. And Hugh is already like, 
she's killing the kids. Yeah, like, uh, yes, I, and I have to get them get, out of I here. I have to get the kids out of there. He, she already killed a fucking kid. Right. Who they thought was fake. Right. So the whole, like, the whole, the, yeah, the whole show, the children have thought that their father killed their mother. Yeah, or was somehow, or was somehow knew, responsible. He knew something he wasn't telling them. Right. Because he would just say... She. Uh, that's complicated. Yeah, it's complicated. Whatever. Yeah, and, and then, it was ruled a suicide. And of course, you learn that he was protecting. He was his protecting children, his children. That's what he was doing, and he did not want to harm the memory of their mother. Yeah, For by the, saying she killed. She killed. Yeah, she, she killed, killed this kid, and she was, and she was about to kill, kill Luke, and Luke and Nell. And by um, the time he gets back, because he does go back, he does go it's back too late. Her. It's too late. Creepy flapper lady has done <laughs> has done her job. Uh huh. And. And it's not actually a suicide. I mean, it is ruled a suicide. Right, but it's it's not. The house. Yeah. The, the, house, house, the house kills And we idiot. also come to understand that if you die in the house, mm-hmm. you stay in the house. You stay in the house. And so we also then start to understand why... Hugh, we, we, why Hugh doesn't just burn the house down or have it destroyed because because of Abigail and the Dudleys say That's right. please because he wants to doesn't he yes. he's and like burn say, this house please, down please please you cannot like we can be with her here right and you see that like Hugh again is like it's a good dude man yeah and so they essentially make this deal and they say we'll never let we'll ne- anyone in we'll never let anyone in the house will never change. You, your job is to never is to it, it never gets destroyed. And so, in episode ten, Hugh, when all of the shit is going down, when all of the kids finally get back to the house, and the dad finally gets back to the house, Hugh, and we're just giving everything away, yeah, right? We are. So Hugh dies. Yeah. Um, we we also learn that Nell is in the house. We learn that Nell is in that the house. Nell yes. also. Yeah, dies the way her mother. She ends up ha- being hanged. Yeah, she yeah, ends up but, being hanged. But it's and her mother is there. And her mother is there. And so, um, and then Nell is the one who, again, from beyond the grave, saves, saves her, every her single one of the fucking kids because Luke has OD. OD'd, and the house starts to lure them in, like send them on these. Weird, weird errands. dream trips yeah. or whatever, and Nell snaps them out of it. Right, and they're able. Everyone, they're able to save Luke. And uh, it's the first time that they all see Nell at the same, at the same time, time together. Yeah, and so they're able to save Luke. They're able to get out. We will see later. Like they are clearly in some ways reborn. Right, like they are. Things will can be okay for them. Right, um, but Hugh dies. Hugh dies, and they, he knows he's going to. Yeah. And Stephen is the only one who knows right. because he dies and he's there, so they right. all see him. Stephen knows he's talking to a dead man, right? And he says, because this comes back to being the eldest and probably the eldest boy or whatever, but the eldest, it's up, it's 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 up to you now. The yeah. the pact is on you now, right? Make sure this place never gets destroyed right. and make sure nobody lives here. And now that's on Steven. The right. guy who's denied everything the whole time right. is right. now responsible for it. Right. And it's kind of lovely. And he also says, and you keep the Dudleys on. Mm-hmm. And you see, we flash way forward when the du- when when old man Dudley dies. Oh, it's so beautiful. He like, clearly is like rushing back to the house because he right. knows he's going to die. And he brings, it, like there's a point where he brings 
his wife yes. to die in the house. Because she's dying. She dies first. So that she can be she, with Abigail. Yes. And the, and the baby. And the baby. And then when he comes back, when he's old, he ends up, like, getting back. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, he's carrying her to make sure she dies in the fucking house. It's beautiful. Right. He makes it back as an old man, dies in the house. That family is together again. Yeah. Nell and Olivia... Uh, are and, and Hugh and Hugh are together, are together again. again, and it's kind of like this idea that yeah, man, death is scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ghosts are scary. Yeah, the things that we don't know are scary. But this can also be a place. Death can also be a place of comfort. Yes, of freedom. The th- yeah, of relief. The relief. And all of those things. And, and all it, of those things. And you, you, you know, regardless of what you believe or don't believe, that it is a, a, a place to come back to be with the people that you love. Yeah. And Even though Creepy Flapper Lady also lives in the house. Yeah, cre- creepy, creepy Flapper Lady does live in the house. But I feel like if you've been in the house, you could deal with Creepy Flapper. Yeah. And you sort of see that with Olivia. Right. After she's been there or whatever. Um uh, yeah, and and again, it's like they all have to go through all of this for the yeah, family it, to come back it, together. Isn't it like Olivia just decides she no longer sees yeah. creepy flapper lady? It's like she's not going to deal with it. She's like, I'm um, not going to deal with you. Yeah, crazy flapper lady right. and the screaming memes. Right. I love 1920s talk. Um, it, and yeah, and and so then in that's all. Of course, everything happens in Hill House, the climax of the of the show. But then we see them outside and it seems like there is hope for for the remaining cranes mm-hmm. you know Stephen is can work it out with his can try to work it out with, with his wife. wife um Shirley and her husband can work he have worked she it out. tells him she yeah. finally admits to him that she had an affair yeah and see that's the thing yeah. is that she had never come clean, clean. about yeah, it yeah so you're but right she was like super self-righteous about Everything, everything else yeah. and she yeah and so she can come she comes clean so she's gonna oh and that that scene is also beautiful it's lovely because he's like he's there like he is at once receiving this horrible information and also comforting her yeah as he's as she is giving and it's like man that's so beautiful yeah and you have Steven working on his thing Theo throat Theo Gets back with the girl that she had had basically a one night stand or two night stand with. Yeah, and because that girl shows up, like she had had two night stands with. Yeah, with this, Theo. but this girl, cre- this woman clearly loves, loves her. Yeah, or, yeah. I mean, it's she the shows, beginning. Of she that. shows up to the funeral. Yeah, and she's like, "What are you doing here?" She's like, "I, I wanted to make sure wanted, you were okay. I wanted to make sure you're okay." She clearly cares about her, and yeah, we see and we see Theo throw away her gloves. Yeah, moving out of. Of the cottage. Of Shirley's cottage. Of sh- which is also quite out of, from under Shirley's, Shirley's shadow. With this woman. Uh-huh. And starting and she, her own life. And she throws the gloves away. And so we have this sort of thing, like, moving into the future. Yeah. That they had to go through all of this to, to get there. They had to face their ghosts. They did. You know. And, and ultimately, Nell saved them in the house. She saved the past family or, or those who are dead and she saved her sibling like yeah. she did Nell did it all you know yeah. um, which is I, I don't know I just thought it was kind of lovely uh, so I want to throw out a, a pretty large are, are we good on time yeah we're good on time a pretty large question because uh-huh. I have heard rumblings I've heard rumblings these are rumors and rumblings I hear things Christy I've heard I've heard that you hear things do you want a season two no 
I don't either. I don't And either. I have heard rumor. Again, it's always rumor, but people have started talking about it. And I, to me, there are some things that are so, just... Like, so it's perfect. so perfect. This is, again, where I come back to British people do television so much better because what and that is one of the huge reasons right yeah, yeah because they know when to call it they know quits. when and that's not with all their shows no, like, no, but but a lot of their yeah. shows a lot of their shows are like you know broad church had two seasons yeah, and it's done and it's done yeah the office had T- 12 episodes the office the british office and i know people get mad when i say this which i think is far superior. superior i think it's far superior to the american office yeah the british office has 12 episodes and a two-part christmas special that is less than one season of right. the american office right and their seasons are also truncated yeah. like i there's a show that i watch um that has had like 20 20 seasons actually but their seasons are like Five episodes. Yeah, yeah. The Office was six, six, and the Christmas special. And I'm sure, I don't know. I didn't. The American Office might have had twelve, and then twenty, whatever. I don't know. The, but but the, even like yeah, with Broadchurch, they're like yeah. now things like with Doctor Who that's been on for like fifty three years. But that's right. a whole other. That's a whole other thing. And even that, even that, to be Doctor Who nerd, basically starts over every three seasons. Right. It's like you've had your run, Tennant. You've had your right. run, Smith. Right. Capaldi. And now Jodie Whittaker, and and I'm sure in a couple years Jodie right. Whittaker will step down or whatever. Totally. So even that shows like, yeah, we're cool. And it, it changes yeah, slightly with in, each in, one. every iteration. But this to me is this this is a perfect. I, I mean, as it's, damn it's just, near it's perfect like already, as you can get. Like Mike Flanagan has already moved away from the novel, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what are they going to do now? And uh, so my first question is, is Mike Flanagan involved? Yeah, if it happens. And if again, happens. this is all rumor. So I, I don't know if it'll happen. Mm-hmm. I do know that if I'm an executive at Netflix, I'm fucking calling Mike Flanagan. Right. Because this thing is a phenomenon. Right. Um, I'm not just being like, ah, great, good on you. I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of people who could offer him a lot of money. Right. And I believe me, I get that. Right. So I actually started to think was like, do you then make the book? But like at this point. No. I mean, I don't need 10 episodes of the book. No. You know? And the book is fantastic. The book is great. But it's also already taken so many things from the book uh-huh. that you couldn't just do the book anyway. Right. Like, no, there's so many things taken yeah. from the book. So you, Come Home Now yeah. is taken from, from the, the book. book. Yeah, so you uh, have to. Yeah. You can't all of a sudden just have another character named Nell <laughs> like yeah so I don't I don't know um, but it is one of those things like I, I hope I hope they don't um, I, I would love don't. Mike Flanagan to say hey I got another kick ass thing absolutely and I'm gonna use these kick ass yeah. actors all of this is just to me comes down to money you yes know? and it's yeah. like I to me this is you know I put this series in the category of like it is a work of art it's, it is a work it's of art. It's one of my favorite things I've seen in a long time. We were just talking on our break. Yeah. You know, I haven't probably been... Look, I was obsessed with Twin Peaks, The Return. But God, dude, that had 25 years of me waiting for it. Right. And the other thing about that is that in the second season of the original Twin Peaks, 
it was not what it was not no. what David Lynch wanted no, it, it to be. It went off the fucking rails. It went rails. off the rails. Comes back, but he, goes off the rails because he came back. Right. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Twin Peaks: The Return is like what he wanted Twin Peaks yeah. to be from from its and now is able to do things right. like tech. Yeah. And and also that again that has a, such a history built up behind it. I mean, it's one of my favorite shows. This this like. I saw the preview. It was like, yeah, this looks cool. We should check this out. It was like a right around Halloween. Right. I'm like, this will be a spooky thing. I, not in a million years did, did I, I think, think I this was show gonna was going to yeah do, do what it did. Yeah. I thought it was like, this will be a fun, creepy mm-hmm. thing to watch around Halloween. Right. Not, this is going to be one of like my favorite TV experiences Netflix in years. is doing it, man. Netflix yeah. is really doing it. And what I really love about Netflix is that they're like going international. Yeah. They yes. have like stuff from all from over. From all over. And it does allow a shorter season. You mm-hmm. don't have the pressure of having to do 23, 23 episodes. episodes or even 13 or 14 on like some of the cable shows. Um, but I go back to like, I wish. And this is apologies to anyone I know, because I know a few people who worked on the show. I wish Westworld had stopped at season one. Sure. I thought it was a beautiful arc. I thought it was clear. It was a fucking wonderful story. I could have imagined what came next. I agree. And season two to me was like, even it seemed like they didn't know what the show was. It's the thing that I also, um, Deadwood is one of my favorite shows of all time, of all time. And it's one of the things I love about Deadwood is that it did, as much as I wanted more, I'm almost happier wanting more than having yeah you know, than having too much than having too much. And now there's a Deadwood movie like right. actually happening, and I don't know how I'm happy, but I also sure. don't know how I feel about it. Yeah, it's a weird thing, especially. Uh, I, I mean, looking at at Hill at Haunting of Hill. I mean, the story is told. Yeah. So then, if if it is, it's like if is it a season? If it's season two, and, and we know, like we know, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, go ahead. But it's like we know what the house is. We know what the house does. Right. We've, we've seen the puzzle being put, put together. together. We we what could they possibly yeah. do to surprise us? We've also seen the future. Yeah. So I'm like, do we just come in? It ma- it makes me scared and for like, like cheesy jump scares right. and and like. You know, I'm just like, go write another awesome thing. I'll watch whatever Mike Flanagan does. Right. Go make something else awesome. Yeah, and it's like with Castle Rock, which I really enjoyed. Not to this level, but I really enjoyed Castle Rock. There is a season two, but essentially Castle Rock's just going to be an anthology show. Right. Whereas season two might have connections to one. Sure. But it won't be the same people. Right. That doesn't work here either. I mean, I'm so fully invested... Also, we know that the house didn't get sold. We know, like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So something should just end. Yeah. I don't know. And again, that might be the case. Like, people might be saying, like, he's going to make season two. And he might be like, fuck you. I'm not making season two. Right. Um, but, you know, like, you, I don't know. I don't know. I There's don't probably an amount of money that's impossible to turn down. Right. You know, even if you're rich. Right. But... Yeah, yes. I don't know. I just, I, I, in my mind, I want Mike Flanagan to be the type of person that goes like, we're not going to make Haunting of Hill House 2. Right. But I have another I idea. I have another idea. And, and it's going to be as, yeah. Based on the success of this, this let me do this. Do this. That would be you know, great. That would be fantastic. I really love, like, I love the resurgence of these. I love that period. And the mm-hmm. resurgence of these kind of, like, um, 
you it's not I mean Haunting of Hill House is not a pulp gothic horror novel but there is a resurgence of this style yeah. of storytelling and I'm I'm all for it I agree I'm all for it and I think he did a beautiful job of honoring that and also creating a very contemporary story on top of that yeah um, which is it was really effective um, I have one 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 quote. Uh, I used to teach a class on adaptation when I taught at UTA. Mm-hmm. Not writing adaptation, but sort of studying adaptation, reading a novel and then seeing how it was adapted. And um, there's a guy named James, uh, what is it, Thomas Light. Light? Leech? I can never say that. Anyway, mm-hmm. he wrote a book called Film Adaptation and It's Discontents. And it has one of my favorite quotes that I've never actually, not necessarily ever been able to stick to, but he says, um, what is it? It's brilliant. It is fruitless to say that film A is better or worse than novel B, as it is to say that the wax building is better or worse than Swan Lake. And he, his constant argument is the to, to argue or, or debate whether a book is better than the adaptation of it is pointless because an adaptation if it's in a different medium Mm -hmm. should only be compared to itself and other things in the medium and that's hard to do like if you read a book and you love it and then they make a movie out of it it's it's human nature to be like they fucked up the book but for one of the first things was like this almost proves that quote to me it's it's i agree with it completely and I have never heard this quote, but the person that I did hear say this was Anne Rice. Okay, great. You know, when Anne Rice, when they were making Interview, Interview Vampire, Vampire into a movie, you know, and she first heard that Tom Cruise was playing Lestat. It, she got mad, she right? She got mad. Or, or you know, she, she yeah. wrote the character with Rutger Hauer. In mind, yeah. In mind. Who's a very tall, blonde. Blade Runner. Yeah. Um, and then she saw the film and loved it. Mm-hmm. And she came to that conclusion that a, a, a film is a different thing. Yeah. It's a different thing than the book. And there's no way to compare it. Right. It becomes its own, its thing. own thing. It has to because it's through someone else's yeah. POV. And whoever reads the book is going to take something different. If you read the book... You're going to take something different from the book than I take right. from the book because we're two different people. Right. And and it's you're dealing with a different, completely different medium. Right. I, I mean, I love that he, I love that the book, I think he honors the book, he uses the book, but I love that he didn't set out to just tell. Right. The, Listen, I mean, I've read so many plays that are just straight up adaptations from novels. Right. Uh, that are dry and boring as fuck. fuck. Yeah, because it is just a straight translation of of, of with, whatever happens in the book with far less time to tell the with story. With far less time yeah. to tell the story, and just you know, with no no narration in between. Yeah, there's no prose. It's all just kind of like. It's it's almost like people take all the quotes yeah. from novels and put, put them, them in, in play the, yeah. form, and it's dry as fuck and and not fun. And to me, like if this is so, it's it's its own work, and it it's it's fucking great as its right. own thing. Regard, I know it's I know it. Oh, of course, it owes Shirley Jackson, 
Of course. Um, what is it that Stephen King said? Stephen King said he that... He said that... that uh, uh, and again, remember, King is a guy who considers her work some of the best ever. He's uh-huh. a huge Shirley Jackson fan. Um, he said he is not normally a fan of these types of like reimaginings. Uh-huh. Again, from the guy who fucking hates Kubrick's version of The Shining. Right. He said, but I think... Referring to The Haunting of Hill House, he basically says, but I think this is, is absolutely brilliant. And I actually think Shirley would have loved it. Yeah. Um, he's like, yeah. there's no way to I mean, know. He knew but, her. But... Yeah. I mean, he calls her Shirley. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> most of us can't really get away with that. Um, and of course, like the character of Shirley in this is is an, an, an you know yeah. to honor Shirley Jackson. Yeah. Um, but this, I think it, it stands on its own, and you can love the book and love this equally. Right. Um, you, if you don't like the book for whatever weird reason, um, you might also love this. Yeah. You know? Um, that's how, yeah. I, I actually, I mean, Shirley Jackson is huge. I love this as it's its own thing. Right. And it's rare. It's rare that I'm even able to do that because like right. with the show Handmaid's Tale that I know everyone loves, I, 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 can't, I don't fucking love it. I don't fucking Because love Margaret it Atwood's book is perfect. Right. And I know I'm going against everything I just said, but to me the show doesn't do anything new or exciting and the new things it does do are so fucking played out. I've seen them a million times. So like, sorry, Handmaid's Tale. Right. This is like, I'm going to honor the thing, but we are going to make our own fucking piece of art. And right. that's that's what I love. Yeah. I think, you know, there's so many, you know, we were just talking on our break about Riverdale and Sabrina. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the stuff that I love about Riverdale that departs from the Archie comics, I love. Sure. I love it. And the stuff that departs from Sabrina, I don't love. You don't. Yeah, Don't. and so it's 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 yeah, doesn't always work it out. It doesn't always work out. And I even saw an interview with Tamblin, or not an interview. Sorry, I saw it was a, him on Twitter, <laughs> um, Russ Tamblin, uh, saying giving. I can't remember who directed this the sixty three film, mm-hmm. but saying there, there's no one quite like yeah whoever directed the 63 film he said but mike flanagan surely has the good ghost in him and then went on to say how much he enjoyed haunting of hill house and look he's in two scenes he's in two and he doesn't need this shit like he's right it's not like he's looking for a resurgence in his career you play riff in the movie of west side story you did that shit yeah um he doesn't need money. Like, he just really loved the... He had watched it all, and he loved it. Mm-hmm. And this is a guy who is in, you know, the original film. Right. Um, so... It's really great. It is. Take, um, take the time. Take the time. If you have some time off during Christmas break or yeah. Thanksgiving, Giving. it is absolutely bingeable. And and I have seen a couple people. I know there's like some straight up haters. One I saw was like, anyone, basically anyone who likes it has been tricked. I'm like, oh, go fuck yourself. Um, tricked? But then I know some people okay. have said like, hey, it took me three episodes it did not take me three episodes i was hooked i was hooked about a minute and a half in yeah um but it does maybe move slower than than some but in the shows you're used but in the best way i agree it's 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 that slow burn don't let that well don't let that throw you don't let that keep you from watching i saw some person who bailed after 
episode two is like, oh, I just it didn't seem like anything was happening. It was like, no, well, it's, it's fucking ten episodes, so maybe you should have yeah, fucking stuck it's around. It's so important, and I keep coming back to this point. It is so important that we meet those children individually mm-hmm. in the first five episodes because I maintain that in order for true preternatural or supernatural horror to work yes. you must be invested yeah. in the people and also it takes him three to four to five episodes it takes those episodes I mean he does it brilliantly to effectively set up his rules for time right. to effectively set up how the editing works all of this shit is building to something right I am actually I am rarely I'll say this because I'm arrogant as shit I am rarely staggered <laughs> by writing at this point doesn't mean right. I don't enjoy writing or appreciate it but I am rarely find myself in a position saying how did that writer do what that writer did this is definitely this is that like I want to see Flanagan's script like is it did he write it chronologically and then they break oh, yeah. it apart. I was going to ask you that. I don't, I don't know. And I want to know how. Yeah, that's one of those um, things where I was like, how did those puzzle pieces fit together? How did he construct it? It fits so perfectly. And again, brilliantly edited to whoever the editor is. And if he wrote it out of order, then he's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Then his brain, I want to see what his brain yeah, looks like. Yeah, because, that, I mean, that, again, like rewatching it, there was a moment... I'll do it with actors sometimes because I don't think I'm that great of an actor. I think I'm a great writer. You're I'm, a great writer. I'm such an asshole. But for actors, like there are so many actors where God, like when we were watching Tilda Swinton, uh-huh. we're just like, oh fuck, she's way better at this than. And you're like, how did she do that? You know. Yeah. I rarely do it with like, especially with TV scripts. Maybe with a play. Yeah. Like I saw a great show last night, and there's some fucking brilliant shit in the script. But I was like, wow, how did she come up with that? That's right. genius. But rarely in a TV script, you most of us who have watched TV or have dealt with it at all usually can see things coming fucking 20 episodes ahead. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, even as much as I love Westworld, like, I called the major twist of Westworld, like, right. two in. Um, and that's not to be like, I'm special. This is to be like, we've watched, we've so, watched so much, much television. Of it. And this, man, the surprises still surprise me. I don't know how he structured it. I don't know how he built the puzzle. I would love to see it on paper, how he wrote it. And that's so rare for me. And then on top of all of that, on top of all of that, he gives us the great gift of the secret ghosts. Yeah, man. Yeah, Yeah. hit the secret ghosts before we're out. He gives us like the beautiful gift of the little secret ghosts. If you're paying attention... There are ghosts hidden in almost every, well, not every scene, but, but, there's, in a lot but of there's, scenes. there's like 47 hidden ghosts. It's so cool. I just posted something on our Facebook page that has a video, a little compilation of all the secret ghosts. And once you catch on to the secret ghosts, you will begin to see them. Yeah. And I have to say that I'm happy that, and I'm not saying, again, I'm special or whatever, but I caught on to the secret ghosts early and then I made sure to, like, every yeah, scene I was like, another element and while it's like a fun cool thing it's also like storytelling wise like they're the the ghosts in this house are endless like we're getting a glimpse of we're just getting a glimpse of all that's going on you can make it a drinking game yeah like you could actually sit and binge every time and every time you see a secret ghost take take a a drink. drink 
Yeah, and then you'll really be seeing secret ghosts. Um, so yeah, so we we both really loved the haunting of Hill Absolutely House on it. Netflix. It's totally worth the investment of time to watch it. Uh, it won't feel like ten hours. No, also like, time is a human construct, so don't worry exactly. about it. Exactly, our time, our concept of time <laughs> is flawed. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know. What are we going to talk about next time? Do we know? I, don't, I think we got to regroup, right? I think we've got to regroup and um, figure out what we're going to do. Um, thanks so, to Jim John Make Noise. Yeah, Jim John Make Noise. And thanks to Taco Casa. Taco Casa. Who does not pay us for our endorsement. Nope. But and, uh, if you want crispy tacos and you're on the outskirts of town and you're drunk, go get them. Go get them. Also, for those of you who have requested, if you haven't seen on the website now, there is a page. If you go to terrorandtacos.com, go to the tacos page. Oh, that's right. Uh, and you can see all the places all the places we've eaten, links to their websites yeah. and stuff. Yeah, so. be on the lookout for merch. Merch is coming. Hashtag merch. <laughs> um, there was no voter fraud. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll see you next time. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>